The reason it's already here is I didn't have a pocket to put it in. <clears throat> Scripture's reading is Mark 1, 21 to 28. Jesus drives out an impure spirit. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue, and he began to teach. Then the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man of their synagogue, who was possessed by an impure spirit, cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy, God, Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were so amazed that they asked each other, what is this, a new teaching? With authority, he even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. So news about him spread quickly over the region of Galilee. This is the witness of God's people. Thanks be to God.
As we look at this passage a little closer today, I want to extend a question and an invitation to you to hold front and center throughout the sermon and throughout the week, if you can. And that question and the focus is, who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Hold that front and center, if you will, please. Okay, so what an interesting text the lectionary has given us today. Interesting, it's one of those polite words we use when we have a lot of other things going on behind the surface, but we say interesting. We could say, this is weird. We could say, this is unsettling. We could say, I'm not comfortable with this stuff. We could say, it's actually even kind of scary and makes me think of horror movies, this exorcism. That is stuff we don't deal with in the United Church usually. To bring that passage front and center, oof, I'm not so sure about that. But instead we say, it's interesting. Who is this Jesus the text is pointing to? Who is this Jesus who speaks with such authority, teaching even greater than the scribes, the most learned people of the day. Who is this Jesus? And then, and then for a spirit to speak out and say, I know who you are. What have you to do with us? Have you come to destroy us? How interesting, this spirit seems to know exactly who Jesus is. Notice that Jesus speaks not to the man per se, but to the spirit that is inside the man and calls out the spirit. We don't know the man's name. We don't know his background. We don't know where he went after the synagogue. We don't know. What we do know is that Jesus called out a spirit and the spirit seemed to know something about who is this Jesus. As elsewhere in Mark, unclean spirits and others who are outside the religious power, authority, and structure seem to recognize exactly who Jesus is. While those on the inside are sometimes a little more troubled and are not quite so sure. In New Testament studies at Vancouver School of Theology, I learned, some, I learned a lot of stuff, and some of it just was mind-blowing and turned my faith upside down. One was that often in the Gospels, the disciples are like foils. They're so close to Jesus for the height of his ministry. They're with him all the time. They know him as best anyone could know him, and yet they don't fully get it who he is until after his death and resurrection and transformation and rising back to heaven again. It takes that for them to really go, wait a second, maybe it was him all along and we didn't know it. Who is this Jesus? And what is he to do with us? The story comes at the beginning of Mark's gospel in the very first chapter. Jesus has just left the shore 
of the Sea of Galilee where he's called the disciples. Now he's in Capernaum, which on the map is a town in the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee. Our passage is the very first story Mark tells us about Jesus's public ministry. This is the first story. Can you imagine? It's significant to Mark to put this story first. And he's really setting up who this Jesus is to Mark. Recall the key question, who is Jesus? The one with authority, who speaks and people listen, who speaks with the authority even greater than the scribes, who speaks and even the spirits listen and obey, who threatens those with the most power and authority in the world. Mark is laying out very quickly for us who Jesus is in chapter one of his gospel. The story takes place in a synagogue, the heart of Jewish sacred and social order, and it's on the Sabbath. So this is the holiest place in the Jewish world, and it's the holy day. There's a lot going on in this story. Jesus begins teaching in the synagogue and people are astounded. He's speaking with such authority, not like the scribes. The verb in Greek for astounded is so strong, it means to strike. His teaching is so strong, it is striking and has an impact. Jesus is speaking with authority of the Holy Spirit that came upon him from his baptism just before in the Gospel of Mark. Jesus has the Holy Spirit within him that is guiding and empowering him in his ministry. It has power to transform people, not just inform people. This teaching is not just informational, it is transformational. In Greek religion, of the time and place where this is set, divine intervention in human life was a much more common belief. So what is one to make of Jesus healing the afflicted, the sick, the deranged? First, we note of prominence the healing throughout Jesus's ministry. He does a lot of healing of a lot of different people throughout his ministry. And Mark, more than any other gospel writer, emphasizes Jesus' power to heal and exercise spirits. Of the 18 miracles recorded in Mark, 13 have to do with healing. 13 out of the 18 miracles in Mark's gospel are healing-centered. And of those 13, four are like this story and have to do with calling out spirits that are not of God's plan and God's world. The text for today occurs chronologically after Jesus' baptism. He spent 40 days of retreat in the wilderness where the enemy has tried to tempt him, and Jesus was successful at not following those temptations, obviously, and he announces the kingdom of God is at hand, and boom, here's our story. The kingdom of God is indeed at hand hand as Jesus calls out the spirit of the man. Listen to this verse. As Jesus taught, he said, beware of the scribes 
who like to walk around in their long robes, be greeted with respect in the marketplaces, have best seats in the synagogues, places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses, and for the sake of appearance, they say long prayers. They will receive greater condemnation. The scribes, the scribes, that's from Mark 14, a little later in Mark's gospel. How did the scribes, the religious people, get so rich and parading in town with their long robes and devouring widows' houses? Here's how scholar Ched Myers explains it. Through their public reputation for humility and trustworthiness, hence the pretext of their long prayers and robes, scribes would earn the legal right to administer the estates of deceased men because widows were deemed unfit to administer the estate themselves. So the scribes would step in and help administer the estate. And for their help, they would get paid a fraction of the estate. And so there was room there for some inappropriate behavior to take a little off the top more than they should in their administrative fees, embezzling and abusing their privilege. The scribes are making money off the widows who have no other way of making money because only the men were earning money and working in this society, in this culture. It's especially egregious because the Hebrew scriptures themselves make for protection of socially vulnerable classes like widows and orphans. It's actually the litmus test for your obedience to God. What you do for the poor and the least of these, you do for me, we hear in scripture. Jesus saying, so to abuse that, to use your position, to take advantage of the vulnerable, it's not a good thing. Mark portrays Jesus as being opposed to these scribes because they're using their social and their spiritual influence and status to exploit the vulnerable for their own gain. As we listen to the news, and we look around at the world today, Hmm. Do you see any corruption? Right? Do you see any people in power taking advantage of the vulnerable? Do you see the rich getting richer, the poor getting poorer? Do you see a disregard and a disrespect and an exploitation of those who might be seen in our society as the least of these? My gosh, yes, we do. This 2,000-plus-year-old text seems eerily current. Immediately upon entering the synagogue, the seat of the sacred order where the scribes hold authority, Jesus meets the man with the unclean spirit and opposes him. One biblical scholar says that impure means simply contrary to the sacred. Contrary to God and God's righteousness to right relationship. Impure, the scholar says, refers to an anti-human spirit, a spirit opposed to the flourishing of humanity. 
and of life. The unclean spirit says, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Remember a week or two ago I was saying, can anything good come of Nazareth? This could be translated, what do you have in common with us? Have you come to destroy us? Who's the us? There's one spirit in this story. Who's the us the spirit is referring to? It can only be the group already identified as the scribes, the people in authority and power. Jesus is in conflict and is confronting them. The unclean spirit names Jesus the Holy One of God. Seems like a compliment, except that in society, naming someone accurately meant that you had power over them. The demon gets that Jesus is a real threat to the scribal elite and is attempting here to exert power and authority over Jesus. Good luck. Jesus silences the demon and orders him to leave the man. Who is this Jesus? What makes the question raised by Jesus' exism all the more intriguing is that so many contemporary Christians think if we saw miraculous events, well, surely our faith would be through the roof. You couldn't shut us up about Jesus. But the gospel writers actually know otherwise. They know that miracles do demonstrate power, but power can come from a variety of sources, good and evil. The gospel writers know that understanding who Jesus is and what his mission entails involves far more than bearing witness to a miracle. As with every aspect of Jesus' ministry, the miracles only bring up more questions for us than answers. We could never have all the answers when it comes to God. Only questions and awe and wonder and reverence and worship. Who is this Jesus? Each of us has to find the answer ourselves. To me, this Jesus who calls out unclean spirits, who speaks and the world moves, the power structures are threatened, who stands for the poor and heals and feeds and does all good in the world and teaches such amazing things can only be our hope, can only be our Savior, the Son of the living God, God in the flesh. Who is this Jesus? Well, this Jesus is pretty astounding, pretty awesome, pretty mysterious. And to me, this Jesus can only be one who's to be followed and questioned and worshipped and adored and imitated. To me, that makes Jesus someone worth getting to know, giving one's life to. Who is this Jesus to you?